If you know me at all, you know that death is my bread mm -hmm. and danger my butter. Oh, no, danger is my bread and death is my butter. No, no, wait. Danger is my bread. Death, no, death. No, I'm sorry. Death is my... Death and danger are my various breads and, and various butters. Mm -hmm. right? Simon's, here's what Simon's worried about. Yeah. You guys need to know. He's concerned about garbage cans. Yeah. And garbage people. Yeah. So here's the, here's the thing. I, let, let, let me let me break this down for you. So it's Sunday. So it's so you guys might not know, but it's trash pickup in Easton is on Mondays. So that means I got to take out the trash and stuff like that. <laughs> Have you guys ever done that with a kitchen garbage where you pull the trash bag out and all the 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 air from inside the trash bag blows out garbage air at you? Anyone? Yeah, is yeah, that just me? Yeah, I've, I've probably that's, had that. That's terrible. They got to do something about that. I, do you guys notice that Simon is doing a clever thing here? Because no matter how the comedy hierarchy ends up, stories about garbage bags <laughs> have to be <laughs> so far on the bottom. Yeah, but I, but I want to segue after from garbage bags to, to to the other. So the people that pick up our garbage. <laughs> so are we finished with the garbage bag? Oh yeah, segment? we're yeah we're. I mean, <clears throat> you guys share my pain in that. What was so uh, review review the point for us? Okay, so you're pulling a garbage bag out of a plastic bin, and then and when you're when you're like cinching it, does it have to be plastic? No, not necessarily. The air blows up in your face, and it's garbage air, and I don't <laughs> I don't need that. Um, you, I don't think anybody wants garbage air. So I think no. Man, that's could... some garbage air. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I think I think that's a problem that that someone needs to figure out a fix. Okay, now now moving on, segueing into that the was a that, setup for a different point. Well, the people that pick up the trash every day. Now, typically, when you when you say a um, uh, an occupation, and it's gendered, like you know, fireman, policeman, stuff like that, oftentimes it's it's better just to use the ungendered term person in in that case. Police person. I don't know if people use that. Police officer. Police officer. Police police. Well, there are there are there are examples of that that I can't think of right now. Cha chair chairman, chairperson, stuff like that. Mail carrier, not a mailman. Yeah, or or mail person. Intern person. Sure. Intern. Well, but with but with the garbage folks, it's actually it's it doesn't work because garbage man versus garbage person. If I called you a garbage person. It, and I guess it depends on what what I stress. If I called you a garbage person, you're really coming out swinging. Then then that's not that doesn't work. So this is one of those examples. I believe that the person that the ungendered term is actually uh, worse than the gendered term. <laughs> Do we all agree with that? Does are there, have any, are there any other examples that you can think of that well, are like that? I don't. I, the, the but old, your claim is that that's the one example. That is the one example. Gar it's the only example. You're you're a garbage person. That's no, worse no. than garbage man. I think so. Can we use the phrase that's the well, exception? Well, there's, the, the, there's nothing wrong with garbage man, I know, but garbage but person. I want to be able to use the phrase that's mm -hmm. the exception that proves the rule. I mm. think I think that, it, yes, that is the exception that how, proves the rule. I've I, I never understood that, honestly. How, yeah, does, how I was, does that actually work? I was about to ask, like, it took me so many years before I grasped. Yeah, I think I understand that? that. I think it's, for me, it's in the, like, too clever by half when people say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure what that's going, I don't, what that is. I haven't heard that. Before it's a little, it's, it's too clever by half. Yeah, Sentences the exception that oh, the exception the that proves the rule. It's clearly not a a really hard and fast rule if there's an exception to it. But the you know the exceptions that you find that if they're noticeable exceptions, suddenly the rule seems all that more concrete. Mm. So how do we solve this problem with oh. the with the garbage people, the garbage people? 
do, is, do, do we think of a completely different name? Gar- garbage officer? Garbage persons? Mm-hmm. Garbage. Anything? Gar- garbagers. Garbage. Do, do, do we go gendered? Garbage <laughs> men, garbage Sanitation engineers. Sanitation engineers is engineer. an, another way. Garbageist. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with calling, person, uh, calling someone a garbage person. We need to find a, a screenshot. Uh, I come across this when I'm looking at 1800s manuals. I love that there's, uh, I look at a lot of city directories. And under engineers, <laughs> yeah, there was like uh, tunneling and drilling engineers were called boring engineers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <That's, laughs> I was always fond of that, the boring, I'm a boring engineer. Yeah. Boring engineers, just oh, above yeah. sanitation engineers. Mm-hmm. So I also, did we resolve like, that? I think we did. I think, I think we're going to go with, but the, Will, are you okay with the exception that proves the rule? I'm okay with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or was it Thank Ian? You, you were not okay. It was, it was me, yeah. Was we that? just solved the garbage problem, didn't we? I, I think so. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super satisfied with that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to keep calling. That was a question. A I'm caller, gonna, uh, listener called in with yeah, that one. I'm going to keep going with the gendered version of it. Um, and if you, have, if you have any problem with that, tell me a solution at variousbreadsandbutters at gmail.com. Maybe we should also think in terms of like, uh, so there's gender binaries or mm-hmm. sorry, gender spectrums or something like that. But what about, what about like the dirty spectrum? The dirty So in spectrum. the same way where like you could call someone a garbage man, why mm-hmm. not call them a clean man? Because what they're trying to do is clean the place up. You know what? That's, that's, that's like George Carlin out there in the uh, studio. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good observation. That's good. A clean yeah. person. Yeah. Write that down. I'm here all week. Are you? <laughs> We were solving a lot of really big problems, but I think we can table those because we have a guest. We do have a guest. This is this is episode eighty-eight. Eric Lindros's number. <laughs> Various breads and butters. I'm feeling a lot of uh, Bush Dukakis. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> to my left, or is... were you going to say Harrison Cleveland? Should we start over? <laughs> no, Cleveland. Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna start this over. <laughs> Grover Cleveland. <laughs> Grover Cleveland actually won the popular vote, but lost to Benjamin Harrison. Did he? I don't we want were you to worry. Political though. on this show. Hey, ah, we're just talking Harrison eighty-eight. Indiana. We're just riffing on everything eighty-eight. <laughs> Simon, Simon's getting real uncomfortable. Um, let's. <laughs> is that how we talk about ourselves in the show? I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. This is episode eighty-eight of Various Spreads and Butters. To my left is Ben Brickhouse Cohen. I am Simon Tonov out in the studio. Simon Portman Tonov. Simon Portman Tonov. Out in the studio, we have Michelle Hyphen Poulton Simon. We've got Will Madison Square Gordon. What's his job? Oh, he is the playlist intern. We've got our fact check intern, Ian Code Morse. And we've got our intern in charge of booking and talent. Talent and coordination. Talent coordination. Yes, is here's Johnny Gossick. And with us in studio is the, the talent. talent. Is the talent. <laughs> <laughs> is a uh, professor of religious studies, uh, Berman scholar, Jessica Carr of Jewish studies, Jessica Carr. Jessica, you must be thrilled to be here. How are I you? I am. I just can't imagine a better way to end my spring break. Right? Jessica, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. Were Jessica, you, thanks for coming in. Thank, thank you. you for having me. How, now, are, you, how are you both? We're, we're very well. I think we're okay. You seem chipper. Uh, um, have you, were you off somewhere on spring break? I was. I was in Williamstown, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Western Massachusetts. My partner, mm-hmm. uh, 
is that Williams College? At, uh, Williams College. How One was, of our close, close competitor schools. Yeah. What was what is their podcast like? Yeah. How was their podcast? Uh, awful. It's Nothing. Much, yeah. They aspire. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how? Tell us sort of where you started, where you studied, and stuff like that. So, where, where did you do your undergraduate? Yeah, this is the journey where, question. From where do I hail? Where do you <laughs> hail from? Well, I grew up in Florida. I what part? To, I grew up in Jacksonville, in okay. North Florida. You, you did uh, no research, did you? No. Why bother? That's how I stay fresh on the show. <laughs> really close to the Jaguar Well, well I was in sixth grade when we got the Jaguars. Uh-huh. Um, so you didn't move was, there for that reason? No. I Your was, family's not in the my, Jaguar business. My family, both my parents moved to Jacksonville to go to Jacksonville University. Mm-hmm which you may not have known existed until this moment. I, I didn't. Uh, yeah. It's a small liberal arts school. Okay. Um, they were both from New Jersey. Huh. Uh, and went there. So actually, they both are, are very you gonna... close to here. So it was a, like a return to the homeland. Front of the show, past guest uh, Nestor Heels, also from Jacksonville. I do know that. And actually, both of his parents are teachers, as are both of mine. His parents have worked at a school where my father worked, but I, I think they didn't overlap. And what did your parents teach? This. So my father taught geography and maths of very, I'll say the okay. Canadian way. Yeah, yeah. So, or is that that, really that's British? more the British way. <laughs> that's the other side um, of the pond. And then became uh, administration. So he was actually the principal at my middle school. Oh, no way. Meaning that I was super awesome. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> like, I have been lifelong cool. There you go. Yeah, a lot of fans. A lot of fans uh, on the pro- yeah. playground. <laughs> and my mom taught uh, special ed. Oh, cool. Uh, and then and she was the vice principal. And, and well, I, well, she she did work at my elementary school. So <laughs> uh, I, it wasn't until high school yeah. until I, I got away from <laughs> the parental eye. There you go. Did they yeah. expect that you would go into education? Or did you expect it? Did you? I d- it? I do think I. I mean, I I I would say I got my PhD because I was interested to teach. Mm. Um, I I don't think it was what my mother wanted me to do. Mm. Through the, uh, through the <laughs> she wanted you to be an actress. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mother wanted me to be a lawyer, actually. Oh, really? Um, and if really I had thought it through, that would have been a lot less time in school. <laughs> yeah, I think a little bit. You might have more student debt now, maybe if you were in law school. But I would have paid it off that's true that's <laughs> i could true. have paid that's it right. off by yeah are you are you are you second partner. guessing yourself right Not now in the least. You, okay good <laughs> i just don't want to make a whole thing right um, here although i did uh i was reading this afternoon um james hamblin who's a, a senior editor for the atlantic but just published a book and was talking about the choice to leave medical school to go into journalism and he, he said um it's a decision I have never regretted for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really thought was the perfect <laughs> sentence That's a good to, way to describe it, yeah. most of my mm-hmm. life decisions. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, I think yeah. through our skills of uh, podcast interviewing, that would lead me to ask, where did you go to grad school? Well, so I went to undergrad and my master's at Florida State. Okay. Uh, That's the other side of... Find Seminoles. The left side mm-hmm. yeah. of Florida. Yeah, it is. Well, it's the... Just on the way into the panhandle. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not quite panhandle. Okay. Um, but it is Tallahassee. But it is Tallahassee, you're right. Are, are so they... thank you for knowing. Yeah, so I went to Florida State for, for my undergrad and my master's. Um, Do you like, though, that um, Simon uh, was bragging about our interviewing skills and then we completely just skipped over half your education? We just, like, jumped <laughs> the Wait, journey. you were bragging about our interviewing it's, skills. No, that's, that's, not how I remember it. that's not how I remember it. <laughs> were there, you religious studies as an undergrad? I, I, pl- I went to college with the plan to major in religion. Okay. Check. Uh, check. <laughs> Nailed it. <Done. laughs> uh, I did my master's in American religious history. 
And then I went to Indiana for my PhD because it was one of the few places that had had someone who I could work with who was really strong in American religious history and a big Jewish studies program. Oh, okay. Was there a reason you landed on Jewish studies? Sure. So here's how we get into the heavy life let's stories. <laughs> let's, let's jump let's into go. this journey. Yeah, this is, this is where um, the tears start. Let's go. Start the waterworks. I grew up, as I mentioned, in North Florida. Um, fundamentalist Christianity is popular there. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're aware of this about the Deep South. And that's really what I grew up in. And you were a Baptist yourself? Uh, I was not Baptist, <laughs> but I was Presbyterian. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It was not a tradition for me, mm-hmm. part, in part because I saw the way that um, other members of the congregation I grew up in treated people around me, particularly mm-hmm. a lot of my Jewish friends. Yep. It was also not a tradition really about questions. And so uh, I did have a lot of Jewish friends, and, and I was interested just in the idea of a, a tradition based in, in questions. Mm-hmm. So I think that was what drew me as an undergrad to want to study religion in general, mm-hmm. to sort of understand just some of the dynamics between various Jewish or various communities, including the Jewish community in Jacksonville. Mm. And was there a particular... Then it became like a, a more academic question for me. I was sort of interested in the role of, of Jews in, in, first of all, even the conception of what, of the idea of pluralism, mm. but then also specifically um, how the presence of Jews in the U.S. has shaped American pluralism. Was there a particularly big Jewish community in Jacksonville? So it was a significant minority. Okay. There are three or four different congregations, Mm -hmm. depending on how you count. And and they're all really in the same area of town. Mm -hmm. That's true of a lot of Southern communities where if there's a significant number, it it makes for a really strong community as long as you're over a certain number. Yeah. Did you know from your undergrad, from your professors there, that like Indiana was the place or did you seek that out and like you came to know that this is a great place to study? I sought it out. I was encouraged to do my master's. So I finished undergrad in three years. Um, continuing One this of those. Like, cool streak. Mm. But I but I partly, I, I was willing to finish early because I had decided to stay for my master's. Yep. And so it was really in doing my master's that I had to figure out, you know, why do I want to be in grad? Like, I know I want to be in graduate school, mm-hmm. but what specifically do I want to do? And so I, I think I think that really was what led me to Indiana of talking to different people. And, and it was really, it was such a collegial place. I think that some of the horror stories you hear about some graduate schools mm-hmm. were just really never happened. That I felt like a colleague to my professors and I had a strong community in the religious studies department and in the Jewish studies program. Isn't, uh, I've never been to Bloomington, but isn't it like one of those really nice college towns i mean to me famously. it was amazing yeah it's uh yeah if you've if you've ever seen breaking away uh when i miss bloomington i have uh it, it won don't that won't come up won, in the quiz later <laughs> anyway it, it's, it's amazing footage, footage of bloomington that really still looks like that uh in so many ways but yeah i loved living in bloomington but there was really a lot of life outside the university and then i just really liked the campus life there too i loved the midwest too like i loved people yeah. who Ian, can you check, wear jeans check and this? smart did wool there's <laughs> a way to go yeah i've never i've never lived in the midwest i don't think i'm pretty sure <laughs> you don't think yeah i don't think <laughs> I, no well i don't know where where does the midwest start ohio ohio the side of the appalachians uh is that yeah, I mean, Ohio is uh, where I would say it starts. I, I, the, it's a question of much cultural dispute, I think. It's um, it's it's an interesting, from from a foreigner and a geog- geographical perspective, uh-huh. to say that Ohio's West is 
at least from a but it's midwest it's midwest it's, <laughs> it's a historical but, but relic it's, but it's still it's still even just yeah, notice it that is. northwestern it universities in Manifest chicago Destiny i know kind of took a while yeah it's true <laughs> they, they, they were like okay now we're good <laughs> yeah, maybe we should go a little bit we, further a little west. farther okay, okay. we need a little bit they really should have waited to name things until right. they hit an ocean <laughs> right well i think i think actually where it how far west it goes is an interesting question to, like whether yeah, it's like is illinois the plains. Mm. So i think the, illinois and Iowa are definitely in. Right, but, but then, then when like, you get are to, like, the, the Dakotas, plain states. Yeah. I think, like, the question of whether the, the plain lands. states are Midwest or whether there's something different yeah, I think is another the plain states. question. I think they're technically in the Midwest, according to my research. I think they're plain states because well, they have their own the name. Cuss on this <laughs> show, are you? I, I want to know more about your uh, dissertation topic. Like, what's the specific... What, what, why did you pick it? What is it? Is on representations of Palestine in Jewish American visual culture from 1901 to 1938. Why 1901? Uh, well, that's really when basically most of the publications that um, I'm looking at started coming out. So the Jewish Encyclopedia was published in 1901, mm -hmm. uh, which really kind of marked a major attempt to shift Jewish scholarship from Europe uh, to the U.S., mm -hmm. Um, but then I look at things like newspapers, uh, the 1933 World's Fair, where they built a sort of third temple, a model of the temple in Soldier Field. Yeah. Um, and it was like the first time that they, the, the sort of speaker systems that we associate with football stadiums today, this Jewish pageant was the first time oh, there you go. that they yeah. were, because that's what World Fairs were about too, is technology, yeah. right? To really think about how Americans understood themselves by imagining other places mm -hmm. and especially they imagined Palestine. And it was really a Christian practice too, to sort of ima imagine mm -hmm. what Palestine looked like and, and really then to build it in the U S as part of like thinking of America as, as sort of a culmination as a way to have a sense of history that um, America was so young. But if you imagine that American history went back to ancient Israel, then mm -hmm. America had, sure. in fact, a very long history. So your book will probably have a lot of pictures. Uh, it will have a lot of pictures. Very visually <laughs> A heavy. strategy that I use, uh, because dissertations have to be available on ProQuest now, mm -hmm. which could be a hurdle with publishers. I, oh. I published no images with my dissertation, oh. so that everybody would have to read the book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> how, how the book progress? I was actually just telling uh, intern Ian mm -hmm. today that I have a book <laughs> manuscript that I, I just can't let it go. But, you know, I uh, actually went to Sylvester Johnson. Shout out okay. for advisor. Okay. I went to Sylvester Johnson's <laughs> office uh, and I said, how do you write a dissertation? And, and so he told me 150 words, four days a week. He said, if you do that, you would actually write more than anyone else in America. But that's actually not that bad. When you put it <laughs> that, that way. works for everybody, Except, except right? what happens you is to, that you, you have to teach. You, you, well, you procrastinate and then you have to write a million words in a, in a weekend. That's a bad choice. <laughs> that is a bad <laughs> that, choice. That's not a thing I've But a lot of publishers are, are discouraging million word manuscripts these days. Yeah, they don't, don't they? want a long book. They want like a 200 to 250 page book. I can hardly read that. I will say he's about to brag. I just finished. I can feel it. I just finished. It. Wait. <laughs> I just finished. The sun also rises. Two hundred fifty pages. Thank you. Great book. So, um, great book. do you remember the last line, Will? I don't remember the last line. Ben remembers the last line. Isn't it pretty to think so? Yeah. Mm. There's a there's a there's a lot there's a lot there that I need to unpack. There was also um, there's a lot in between the a first lot of antisemitism. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there was a very, Is that what you had me on? You just wanted to talk about antisemitism in American was, literature. There was, 
I, see, see, so I, I went into this book thinking like, okay, it's just a book, probably about bullfights. It's one of my favorite words. But then, yeah, yeah there, is a, there is a lot of anti-Semitism in it. But immediately but you about, meet about one, one Rob, dude. Robert Cohn. Robert right? Cohn, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, where did that come from? And, and, and it's not, and, and you know, there was a part of it Hemingway where, wasn't always a nice guy. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't your typical nice guy. But, but it, was, it was funny in the book where I, was, I had this expectation that, that it would be somehow, yeah. you know, someone would say that it was bad. And so, but that never happened. Yeah, I, and see what happens when I when I um I read books because I don't read them often, but when I do, sure. I really read them. Is that the the, the you don't fifty words a day? To read. No, the, the 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 gravity of <laughs> of any given book is, is that has a larger effect on me than it might on other people who actually read. And so now that's your claim. I'm gonna be. I think so. I'm gonna be affected more by this book in my own writing, so that now my writing is gonna be really short. You know staccato gonna sentences i'm gonna mimic hemingway now so you read a book by hemingway and now you write like hemingway well <laughs> i mean i mean i mean not not write like hemingway but i'll uh, there's a hemingway-esqueness to 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 my but to actually my short sentences is a really good yeah. goal yeah. Yes. one that more academics should yeah. have probably not many <laughs> yeah. yeah not not, not, not what about vonnegut oh yeah because oh, I, I think of vonnegut, vonnegut as the short sentence yeah I, I, you know, I made that hold comparison, on. but I'm going to say I made that comparison. I'm like, I felt good about it. And then I'm like, but I'm not going to say anything because but you know, you let, I'm not smart. Nobody is calling you out on this. So your claim earlier yeah. was that if somebody reads 10 books, yeah. but you read one, <laughs> yeah. they're only getting one tenth out of each of the books. Yeah. Like your one grows to the magnitude you, of their you 10. You read it so close. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, because, because it, like, think of it like a planet. You just let him like, say that. Like, like. <laughs> For me, the sun also rises like Bought Jupiter, <laughs> and it's like gravitational pull for me. For you guys who read a lot of books, it's like a little asteroid. Every book that you read is like, yeah, that was a good book. But it, but in, but when I put it in my entire sphere of bookdom, then you know it doesn't, it doesn't, Wait, it doesn't affect it that much. It's like a that, ripple in the pond. But you're assuming that all books affect people equally. I listen. I'm not a big <laughs> all reader. All books matter. All books matter. That's thank you. I think you're underestimating how few books I actually read. But like, let's have, let's this, go with this. This is the most passionate you've been. If I only read one book in episode. my life, then that book would have a huge effect on me. Would it be the Bible? Well, I don't. I don't know what book. The it Bible would be. is actually an anthology of several books. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So does he only have to read one part of it to count having read one book? But but I mean, but if I if I read just the just the one, that would have that would that would that would be like my entire conception of. But that's of why literature. they call her Jessica the Talent Car. She brought it back to the theme. Mm -hmm. So that's true. Oh, how are your? I watched Midnight going? in Paris. <laughs> wait, wait, hey. I watched Midnight in Paris over break. There you so, go. Hemingway was transition. portrayed in that, right? Yeah. Woody Allen. He is, talks in short sentences. Oh, how many stars would you review? I think actually that's the only Woody Allen Allen movie I've seen. I don't know if I can admit that. Holy shit! On this show. Well, you just did. No, Amy yeah. Hall. Why wouldn't you watch you? the good ones? What's up, Tiger Lily? I hear is pretty good. That's one excellent. His, one of his first. <laughs> one of his first. <laughs> <laughs> so in religious studies, mm -hmm. this uh, so you can help me with my bagel question. You all have never helped me with. Okay. I saw something in passing. I didn't realize that like bagel aficionados say that you're not supposed to toast bagels. My dad and I actually had this conversation this morning. Uh, oh, wow. He was listening to to something uh, today where they were saying that no New Yorker should 
ever have a toasted bagel. Uh, yeah, I'd reject that. I don't think that's I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I thought it was snobbish even for New York bagel standards, but I do understand a little bit where they're coming from. But I do think it was snobbish because I had a toasted bagel this morning. Mm. I mean, I thought of it as like I, I can understand that their point must be that if the bagel is excellent enough, then right. it's a warm bagel that was just. We just made it, and so you're some, you're yeah. you're ruining it by toasting it. But has that quality New York water? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> right. yeah. what I one of the claims I hear yeah. for why New York bagels yeah. are better. Yeah. but I, I I just think that the there are I don't know how many steps there are in the bagel making process. Let's say there's like nine, and I would think that toasting to me is the tenth step in the process. Mm-hmm. So to, to say okay. after nine steps, that's when you cut you're it off because that's correct. <laughs> if you go to the tenth step, then you've ruined the whole thing. Mm-hmm. This is I think that's ludicrous. It's interesting to me because when I was a kid, I used to order bagels not toasted, and everyone thought I was really weird. Oh, but you were a hipster. So you were. But I know. I guess time. I. I guess I knew what I was doing. You were. Yeah. Apparently. Wait, where, where did you get your bagels? Dunkin' Donuts Panera. or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, Blenders maybe, bagels. Maybe you want to toast that one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good asking a Jewish study scholar uh, of that question. I feel like we're closer to the right answer. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Do you consider yourself like a cultural historian? Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> now, actually, do you go to archives a lot? I guess you yeah. would. Yeah. And, and what what are some of the best archives for the stuff that you need? Well, the the largest. So here's a here's my quiz for you. No oh, God. Do you know where definitely the not. largest archive of Jewish materials in the Western Hemisphere is? In the Western Hemisphere. Okay, so we're talking about definitely Western Hemisphere. Right. Okay. Okay. Because I know not, the Eastern not, Hemisphere. Not the Midwestern Hemisphere. Is it like you're gonna say like Cleveland or something? Yeah, or something. Okay, so it is. But you're it, on the right track. Okay, it's or something. Um, is it in Ohio? Mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Yeah. Of course. Really? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was my first guess. Yeah. Why? 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 Uh, because Cincinnati was where Hebrew Union College was founded. Uh, and so really in the 19th century, Cincinnati was the center for for Judaism, especially for Reform Judaism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the American Jewish Archives are in Cincinnati. So I spent a very cold winter in Cincinnati uh, doing archive work. Cincinnati was known as Porkopolis in uh-huh. the 1800s. Oh, was like, it? Like, why would that be the Jewish center? Did you? Well, did Reform it, Jews didn't mind at well, the Trafe banquet uh-huh. uh, yeah, in the late 19th century. I mean, Reform Jews rejected Kashrut. And really, not only were they saying that you didn't have to keep these Jewish dietary laws, kashrut. They, they, they really thought ethically Jews were obligated. Classical Reform Judaism really thought ethically Jews were obligated to stop keeping those kinds of dietary restrictions because it created a social barrier. And so they thought we're in America, the newest and best place in the world. We've been offered citizenship. We we will break down any barriers between Jews and others. But Orthodox Jews, of course, thought like if you're truly offered citizenship, like you shouldn't have to change mm. to be offered yeah. dignity. So, for the interns or all our student listeners, what class would they learn about this in if they uh, took one from you? Uh, they would learn about an, about in a number. You're um, supposed of to course, compliment my interviewing <laughs> skill. Interview. That was great. Yeah. That was super good. So we actually just talked about it uh, in my religions and world cultures class. What's your favorite class? It's a tough call. I love all my classes. <laughs> I would say that I have a, 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 the first class that I introduced here. That was the the first one that I put new on the 
on the books, mm-hmm. so to speak, was a course I teach on visual culture and, and religious identity, which is it's a digital humanities class. Mm-hmm. What do you do? And, with, what's the digital humanities component? So early in the semester, we take a trip to the Met, think about sort of physical space and, and how, and we think a lot about representation, of course, and how especially religious objects in different contexts mean something different. And so a statue of Shiva means something different in a temple in India than it does in a British colonial museum mm-hmm. than it does in the Met, uh, than it does in a digital exhibit. Then at the end, students all get to make their own exhibits and to think about, first of all, to sort of try their hand at what good representation would look like. Um, we, we've had a conversation before about museums and, and going into museums, going to art art galleries and things like that. And I guess the the naive assumption that, well, this is how you display these things. Right. Like there isn't any any subjective nature to how right. these things are organized and displayed yeah. and clearly there, is. there and, is and 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 part of the museum's task is to hide that from you mm-hmm. well and i think that's what's fun about uh everybody getting to create their own exhibit is mm-hmm. that then when you make the choices about your own exhibit uh i think you can realize the choices that other people have sure. made in putting exhibits oh, yeah. together right how do you and if you do it there's not one right way Mm-hmm. But different things are are more salient. Right. Here's a pro tip: it. next time you go to the museum, just move stuff around. <laughs> yeah, the Met <laughs> loves that. <laughs> Jessica, I'd like to know your musical preferences at ages ten, twenty, and thirty. When you were ten, did you have a favorite kind of music or a favorite band? Uh, I did have a favorite kind of. I was actually just talking with some friends about the moment where you kind of realize that there's such a thing as being cool. <laughs> and for me... <laughs> that happened. Uh, <laughs> like, when is that going to happen? <laughs> and for me, that happened in fifth grade. Okay. Uh, which must be, like, around when I was 10, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah about right. Um, and I had, until that point, exclusively listened to oldies, but especially country music. Ooh. Was that, like, and, household and music? In, well, old, yeah, oldies was definitely uh, with my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, oldies and folk music. But even in North Florida, there was, like, this hierarchy of how much you could like country music (laughs) and if you should like it at all. And it was in fifth grade that I realized maybe it wasn't that awesome to like country music and that I should dabble (laughs) in pop. But like, I love nineties country. Give us some examples of some Uh, songs. Well, so, I mean, Garth Brooks was at the height of his career. Is this before Uh, he had that split personality thing? Yeah. Well before. Okay. Yeah. Did you mean alter ego? Yeah. I meant, Um, I meant what Chris, I, that Chris, yeah, there was only whatever. one unsuccessful yeah. album with yeah. that alter ego. That was yeah. weird. I was into country, but but I I mean I was super into old and so actually just last week I bought a Chuck Berry album mm. uh, to replace the Chuck Berry oh. eight track that I had as a kid. And then just just three <laughs> and then weeks yesterday, ago, <laughs> right? it was like it was yesterday. Yeah, it was it as was... if it were yesterday. Yeah. This yeah. major musical figure <laughs> of my childhood. But I mean, I have to admit, it was one of those things where I thought he was alive. <laughs> right? yeah. The celebrity yeah. that I thought for sure he had died when I was like sure. maybe even before I was a kid I, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. have thought right. he was way older I'm with you yeah. I learned today that Rich Little is still alive <laughs> is so. That so? so this did this change uh, dramatically by the time you were 20 yeah definitely so by the time I was 20 you're at Florida State uh, I'm at Florida State yeah so when I was in high school I was really into punk music mm-hmm. uh, it was like that perfect moment when Dashboard Confessional was 
cool. Mm-hmm. My partner is a year older than I am and, right. and is certain that Dashboard Confessional was never cool. <laughs> it's so in college, <laughs> country music was cool again, especially the Dixie Chicks. Mm. Oh, yeah. So um, I will I will forever stand by the Dixie Chicks as one of one of the best. Mm-hmm. And across all ages, I have loved Billy Joel. Sure. Uh, Both of those have come up in the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dixie Chicks comes up a lot. They really do. Yeah. Sarah Morris and I listen to a lot of Dixie Chicks. Might have come up with uh, forming a past guest friend of the show for Sarah Morris. Yeah. And I also really started to like rap. I guess by, I mean, by middle school, really. Like, I sort of skipped into liking rap. Mm -hmm. And and really, Dirty South rap is its own genre. Well, give me some artists. I mean, it was only after like leaving the South that I realized that not everyone loves Ludacris and Outkast. I mean, those are probably best known Mm -hmm. rappers. Yeah, and now um, it is something that I like to do. So I'll be taking recommendations of anyone who friends of the show who Mm -hmm. want to tell me good rap in Spanish. Because when I learn a language, I really like to listen to rap in language. You speak Spanish. Well, I'm taking a Spanish class now at Lafayette College. There you go. Uh, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, you should. I took violin classes once. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do that. For me, that's like a post-tenure dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, Violin specifically? Yeah, because in in Yiddish culture, Uh actually in Yiddish, there's there's not a different word for violin and fiddle because of the way that it's it's shalom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) um and i would love to be able to go back uh to lithuania and to to do a particular yiddish program i did but to be able to also take part in some of the musical things yeah yeah and to learn uh because it's a very different way how many languages you work with here french german hebrew yiddish and i'm working on spanish right now and then he i learned modern hebrew but i've I've done the work to be able to read biblical hebrew and this is this is where i will say you are our most literate guest I'm not sure that's um, correct. <laughs> okay. I, I do think it leads the more, more educated listeners to wonder how this shifted uh, your musical taste by the age of 30. Ooh, good good segue. Well, it means but, that I continue to like rap, right? In a way, it's not that outgoing to want to listen to rap, but just in different languages. But I do think that um, the export of rap to a lot of different places is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And the way that it, using using it as a form to speak to various social justice problems is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, it was my time in Germany. I, I found it especially interesting that for many Africans, and the school I went to was basically for immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my friends were from Gabon and the, and the Gambia, these kinds of places. And it was amazing how much American culture in general was a way to be black. I think both in in various countries in Africa, but also in an African diaspora, wearing American jerseys and and listening to rap, whether it was American rap or whether it was German language or or French language, especially rap. Or were there specific artists or specific bands? Right now, I like Big Sean. Okay. I like Kanye. I was listening to for my whole drive just on repeat. I listened to my beautiful dark twisted. Fantasy. And I don't know if I got that title perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the interns. There, can you give it? Give us any help with that? Some, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's all right. the specificity yeah. that we yeah. need. I know it's looking up for Will's sake. Uh, is, are there any foreign foreign rappers that he'd be able to find? Foreign rap. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I think that's what's really cool is that um, they are especially available. So there's a in, a Hebrew rapper and Israeli rapper. His name is um, Sagol 
S A G O L and and then fifty nine. <laughs> Did you study Jewish Yiddish Americans. before German? Uh, no, I so, so um, knowing Hebrew and German uh-huh. before I did Yiddish okay. uh, made the road to Yiddish uh, a yeah. little bit smoother. Got it. <laughs> Much better I'll, episode title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the road to Yiddish. <laughs> the road to Yiddish. All right, quiz takers. We have a quiz. You guys awake out there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just love how the low bar of this goes lower and lower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the real or not quiz for today for, okay. for uh, the whole group here. Are these uh, famous things that are from in or about Indiana? Indiana quiz. You okay. did research. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, as we know, as listeners know, the uh-huh. first one is just the gimme to test all the mics. Yep. So we'll go around and yep. Jessica, the talent card, you can answer last. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody yeah. ready? Mm-hmm. John Cougar Mellencamp. John Cougar Mellencamp. First I'm, it was John I'm Mellencamp, really then John Cougar, <laughs> then John... Cougar Mellencamp than just John Mellencamp. Jack and Diane was a thing. R O C K U S A. Yes. I'm going to say yes. He is an Indiana born and bred. He had a yes. big house. Yes. Yes. Michelle, Johnny, you got, yes. got, got it. Okay. Jessica. Uh, and, and Bloomington specifically. <laughs> there you go. Okay, good. So mics work. We're good. <laughs> All right. We got that one through. The okay. next one, they start to get hard. Okay. Out. There we go. Or, or nonsensical. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Number two, Garfield the Cat. Garfield the Cat. Jim Davis. Garfield, no, Garfield the Cat. Well, you, you think Jim was from like Colorado and then he made Garfield? People, I don't know if you know this about books because I, yeah. I don't read that many books. Oh, wait, wait. Sometimes the plot of a text takes I will place say somewhere this. different if from where the author is. If we're including reciting. Garfield as books, I am well read. <laughs> I, wait, got, so I don't read that many comic books. So okay. every, every comic I read has a huge huge impact on me <laughs> there you go <laughs> Very i've good, read a Will. couple garfield comics i'm so. i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with my theory that i believe that uh that the about the impact thing so garfield um, the cat. yes garfield the cat um i am gonna say that he hates mondays loves lasagna um i'm gonna say sure why not indiana what do we think studio yes most likely yes <laughs> i'm gonna i'm yeah i'm, I'm just gonna say yes sure i'm gonna say no it's a yes. Oh, Muncie. Muncie. All right. Now, wait, is that where Jim Davis is from? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't a given. Coincidence? That's I yeah. imagined Garfield living in Illinois in the yeah. central time zone. Sure. <laughs> Just happened to get lucky there. Okay. All right, next. Uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana oh. Jones. Um, I'm going to say the dog was named Indiana, <laughs> but he was not from Indiana. What do we think? Studio. I'm going to say no, and also I don't think you can fire me for making puns after that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go Wait, no. But the dog was. Yeah, the dog, yeah. The dog, <laughs> that dog wasn't a pun. No, no, but, the, <laughs> but, if, okay, but if this question turns out to be false, mm-hmm. then Ben asked the question because it's a pun on Indiana. I think it's just because it's a, a mind trick. Yeah, I think it is. He's, he's uh, in like a Zen Buddhist master. Um, we still reserve the right to fire you. <laughs> okay. For other reasons. Is that in my contract? <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I'll, say, I'll say no. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reference to Indiana except in that name. You've read, you've read the entire canon of the Indiana Jones series? Yeah, I've read the entire canon. <laughs> the literature on it's voluminous. <laughs> there a, are... a film is a text. Yeah, and also fan fiction. <laughs> okay. All right, so this one is, is this more where of it gets a, nonsensical. This one is, is this more, is this true or not about this thing in Indiana? Uh-huh. Ball State, which is David Letterman's alma mater, mm-hmm. was founded by an endowment from the Spalding Corporation. They make tennis balls and also basketballs. 
Um, <laughs> Ball State's definitely in Indiana. I'm going to give you that. It's in they, Letterman, also a graduate. I do not think it was... Why are they called Ball State? Because there's someone was named Ball. It was not about balls. As <laughs> in ba- basket balls. And, <laughs> and tennis of, of those varieties. What do we think, Studio? I'm going to say yes because it's too specific for it not to be true. I'm going to say no because... Because you know me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think the answer is no. Yeah, that's no. <laughs> but is Ball State founded by a company that makes those red rubber balls that the circle sang about, the kickballs? Ooh, you know good, those big red kickballs? Good callback. Yeah. Red rubber ball. <laughs> no, uh, no. The company that makes those. It's not Spalding. But I don't think... I it's don't not think, Ball. Yeah, I don't think there's... Ball. Mr. Ball <laughs> made the ball. Like, like, I made do, a good do, choice do think, to make red balls. Yeah, do you think... <laughs> A guy whose last name was Ball invented balls? <laughs> Is that where we, we're going with that? I don't I do, think that's I a thing. That. Just think, particular kinds. Yeah, that's not how, how things always work. <laughs> what, should, what should I call this? I knew that she was very linguistically that's, advanced. Okay, that's true. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I don't, I don't actually know the question, but I'm going to say no. What do we think, studio? No. <laughs> no. That was a hard no from the studio. No, hard no. Jessica? I'm going to say no. Oh, it's no. No. <laughs> was Ball State founded by the Ball Mason Jar Company? It's, it's Ball or it's not? I don't think it was. I think it was I think it was founded by some dude named Ball. <laughs> Walter Ball? Yeah, Walter Ball. <laughs> My dad's name is Walter. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it Walter Ball? Walter Carr. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Should've, I should have made that connection. <laughs> I, I hope he enjoys the episode. <laughs> yeah. He will definitely listen okay. to the episode. So um, shout out Walter. <laughs> hey, Walter. Hey, Walter. Uh, what do we think, studio, on this obviously false uh, question? <laughs> no. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Michelle? I'm going to go yes. Oh, yes. Just to switch Michelle. it up. Oh. Uh, still going to say no. Yeah. Michelle, you get a big raise. It's a yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a yes. Yes. The people who founded the Ball Mason Jar Company gave the endowment to start Ball State. Wow. Were they named You're Ball? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, who, so who who was the who started the ball mason jar company? Somebody, the ball family. That was I feel me. like testing still should have led me to say yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. really, yeah. uh, it's not it's not always on his quizzes. Uh, it's sometimes right. just, we'll, we'll go back. I, those were really hardball questions. We'll go back to softballs. <laughs> this whole fucking thing. That was a pun. Uh, you're right. You're actually right, Will. But Did I can't you, fire him. Did you know that I actually? <laughs> would you all believe that I didn't actually mean that? <laughs> really? Yeah. It didn't occur to me until I said it. It's pretty good. <laughs> so all apologies. Okay. Um, how about all Pat apologies. Boone, the singer, the uh, singer Pat Boone? Pat Boone. Pat Boone. He definitely has a Midwest vibe. The singer Pat Boone. Or did. He's no longer with us. I don't think Are he is. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I, I wish that wish that Ian was here to check. Michelle, do you, do you all know Pat Boone? It's an old-timey singer. Uh, Not personally. Uh, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> Why did I get singled out on this one? <laughs> I just, the, the, the most intelligent one in the room. Like, if anyone would know yeah. who had well, the Michelle, I think you're, you're like the leader out there. Yeah, you're the leader of the interns. <laughs> Um, I, so yeah, so I'm going to say no, I'm going to say no. What do you, what do you guys think? Pat Boone, Indiana. Yes. No. No. Yes. No. Do you know where he's from? Tennessee. Jacksonville. Oh. Oh. Mind blown. Mind blown. Wow. Forgot your roots. Oh. Never knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Comes to Pat Boone. (laughs) All right. How about the aforementioned Kurt Vonnegut? What, wait, are there going to be questions about Leonard oh. Skinner? 
<laughs> no, but uh, Kurt Vonnegut. That's exactly what you want. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, yes, Indian, very strong Indianapolis. And you have to list reference. your top three Kurt Vonnegut books. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I really like Mother Night. Why don't we let? <laughs> but but no one else seemed to like. He that. really enjoys to be here for the show. Um, Let's let everybody else answer. Then you can do your title. Uh, well, no, I, no. I'm glad that you went first because okay. that'll have to round out my three. Because I've I've read two Kurt Vonnegut books. Okay. Um, I've read Slaughterhouse Five and sure. Cat's Cradle. Yeah. Not Breakfast. Of Champions? Oh, I have not read Breakfast of Champions, and I did give up on. What is it? God. God bless, God bless you, you Mr. Rosewater. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that was not only short sentences, but like <laughs> super short. They're just like only yeah. short sentences. <laughs> no, like paragraphs and plot went by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was told like if you sort of surrender to that, then you would really be into that book. But I, I'm Never not really happened. willing to surrender the idea of you got other stuff to do. Needing sentences to string together. Sure. Are we listing our... Yeah, oh, you sure. can do your top three. So, Slaughterhouse Five. Okay. Jailbird. Mm. Oh. And probably Cat's Cradle. Good choice. Maybe Ice Galapagos. Nine. Ice Nine, yeah. Yeah, I would go Slaughterhouse Five, Galapagos, Breakfast of Champions. I'd go Slaughterhouse Five, Breakfast of Champions, Cat's Cradle. I used to assign Cat's Cradle in class. It, it, yeah. Like, Cat's Cradle was a great book. Yeah. All right, so here's a, more of a factual one. Uh, is this true or not? That Hoosier, the term Hoosier, mm. is the frontiersman's version of the Canadian hoser. Hoser. Do they derive from the same root term? I am Canadian hosers, Indiana Hoosiers. I'm going to say no. Putting the challenge on the Canadian. Yeah, I'm going to say no. And Jessica's here with the root sweatshirt. Because, because one of the things Half is Canadian. that I think Hoosiers... You get dual citizenship. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think Hoosiers is uh, an affectionate term, and hoser is a insult. So I'm going to say... No. What do we think, Studio? I'm going to say no because it feels too good mm-hmm. if this is actually true. Like, it feels like it works too well with the audience, and I don't trust that. So, yeah. no. There you go. The I'm going to say no. In this question, being Simon. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, what do we think? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, I'm going to say definitely not because people don't know where the word Hoosier came from, although there are various folk etymologies. Right. So mm-hmm. I asked that so that I could ask you if you knew because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. No, I, I know that I no one find. knows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Hoosier's the movie was actually shot on location in Dillon, Texas. And also, it's not really about basketball. Oh, this is, is this a callback to the Friday Night Lights? Question. Yeah. Or... Is, this, is this true or not? That Hoosiers, oh, the movie, no, was yeah. actually shot on location in Dillon, Texas. I'll say, uh, wait, is, is Dillon where Friday Night Lights is filmed? You have to answer the question. Uh, oh, Friday Night God. Lights is about Midland, Odessa. It, it's also about football. Um, it's not really about football. C. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say, I'll say, sure, yes, it was filmed in Have Dillon, you seen Texas. Hoosiers, the movie? No, I haven't. But it's about why haven't you? Because you don't want a movie about basketball? <laughs> it's about the triumph of the human spirit, not basketball. <laughs> What do we think, studio? Could we not say that about every sports movie? <laughs> we are Marshall. <laughs> Simon wouldn't know. He doesn't watch them. Pistol don't watch them. None of that. What do we think, studio? Uh, the, the Where it is and whatever Who's just the movie? It was actually shot on location in Dillon, Texas. Mm-hmm. And is not about basketball. It's not really about basketball. Really about basketball. There's, there's, the, there's the one. I don't really like the conception of meaning. You seem to be... <laughs> <laughs> that it could somehow ever be stabilized. Mm-hmm. A text means what an audience 
Yet, yet Simon will claim that Friday Night Lights is just about football. Just about football. I think if there's anything I've learned from this podcast, it's that it's not just about football. No. <laughs> I've never seen it, but that's the one thing I've been able to take don't, away. Don't let anybody tell you you should see it. I'm going to say no. Okay. Jessica? I'll also go no. Nope. Well, I don't, wait, I'll say yes, it's filmed in Texas, and no, it's not really about basketball. See, that's an answer that is uh, clearly from someone who is who has heard one of these quizzes before because everyone is half true and half false. Yeah. Uh, no, Dillon, Texas is the fictional town in Friday Night Lights. Um, but it is true that Hoosier's movie is not really... But I took the advice not, not really... to watch Friday Night Lights. Oh my God. Nobody needed to tell me not to watch Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I got nothing. Terrible. <laughs> Why don't we move on to your question? Yes. What is it, Friday or Sunday? Sunday. You've always been a Sunday? Oh, I thought you wanted to know what today was, and no. I was so <laughs> proud that I knew. Wow. <laughs> wow. I thought you had listened to the show before. I, now that you've said it, but I was like so ready. But then, but then why would I have only given you two choices? <laughs> I thought that was the, the okay. line. Let's, let's reel it back in. Okay. <laughs> what day Friday. do you prefer? Friday or Sunday? You, Friday. you are a Friday person. It is Sunday today, but you prefer Friday. I work tomorrow. Now, have you, and you've always been a Friday person? I'm pretty solidly... A, a Friday part because I just love knowing that I have two days to sleep in. Yeah. I also, uh, so far as Shabbat goes, I really like Friday night. Not that I'm a keeper of Shabbat. I'm I'm only an occasional per- participant. Sure. Um, and how do you feel about black licorice? Terrible. Yes. Yeah. It's actually, <laughs> been a while since we got a solid <laughs> answer. Oh, I know, right? Oh. Did you have to close a commentary for us? I don't. I don't think so. All right. Oh. Okay. That's all good stuff. And you can. Oh yeah. What should they do? You can follow us on Twitter at some later date. You can follow us on Facebook. Um, you can email us at variousbreadsandbutters@gmail.com with but we're, questions. We're not going to go out with you. On a we will date. not. We will not go out with you on a date. You can swipe whatever the what one that you don't go out with. Us, <laughs> whatever swipe direction. Right. Swipe right for VVV. And you can listen to our playlists on Spotify. And I think that's it. Are we good to go? F- you can follow Russian and East European Studies oh, on at, Twitter. And what is their Twitter handle? R e e s Reese. Lafayette. Just, just, <laughs> just do a search for R-E-E-S Lafayette and that's where you'll find you'll their find, Twitter handle. You'll find just all the best posts. Okay, got it. Are you are you the poster? Uh, it's an anonymous got poster. Sure. Uh, okay, so it could be anybody. Any of the faculty from Russian East European Studies. Okay, you're you all, you all share a password. Um, okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. Cool. Headphones off. Thanks for having me, buddy. Thank, Thank you. you. קילומטרים מהמזנון של הכנסת שלושה תיירים מתמסתרים במרפסת שלוות אלוהים כשהשבת נכנסת שלושה שוטרים ימחו לתרופסט ליד הבית כנסת הוא בבי שישי חמין ביום שבת היפוקלט כושר בהשגחת הבדס Okay, now I have, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this on Twitter. I hope you noticed this. And if you didn't vote on this poll that I had out there. This is on an ad. I heard this on an ad today. Is that why it, you woke up to it? Now that, wait, okay. Sorry. When this episode comes out, mm-hmm. will Three this weeks. still be relevant? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Wait, why won't it, not, why won't it be re- relevant? Wait, which poll are we talking about? Your Twitter poll about ro- Kiss from a Rose. Yeah, that's that Seal song, Kiss from, Chris, Kiss from a Rose. It's still relevant, I think. I mean, I mean, the poll. The, listen, the poll is over. Okay, all right. All right. Poll, the poll is over. But what we, what I've seen from this poll is an overwhelming majority of people 
misheard the lyric in this song and they heard it as i heard it so what was the correct answer well it's kiss from a rose on the gray and not grave how many votes did you get for that oh i in the was it one in the double digits i think it was no i think it was one did you now let's walk this back okay who got criticized for not even voting could it have been the one person who actually got it right oh did you vote did you get it right i's the i'm the one who got it right but did you look it up no. Did you know it already? No one no one else believe no one else I don't even think Seal agrees with you. I was just surprised that so many people voted the other way because I figured this is fifty fifty. I'm going with the other one. Oh, you didn't know for sure. No. I mean after the fact I'm claiming that that I did. Can we yeah, edit, yeah, yeah. I'll edit this around. Okay. I knew for sure. Yeah. Um no, the see the the, the issue with this is that I was looking up the lyrics the other day because this song was buried deep in my head and so I was just looking at these lyrics. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm singing it right. It was a pretty good song, I guess. But no one clearly understood what he was saying. And, you know, if you look at the lyrics, go ahead and look at the lyrics. They don't make a whole lot of sense. Kiss, anyway. Kiss from a rose. On the gray. On the gray. What is, did you look it up like song explainer? Explainer? Like, what, what does it mean? Uh, I didn't, I didn't go that far to look it up. On Do you song all have explainer. any sense what that means? Mm-mm. Kiss from a rose on the gray. I think it's like poetic for the sake of being poetic. What did it rhyme with? It, it, it wasn't in an A-B-A-B. Uh, <laughs> is it a I don't know, but anyway, I'm I and what I get angry about is I feel dumb that I didn't know the lyric, but clearly there were a lot of other people that know the lyric, and so now I'm angry at Seal for making me feel dumb. I think that's warranted. Yeah, this is a like an age-old thing. Like, I I think maybe either I stopped paying attention or it seemed like a really big deal when I was younger. Everybody would point out when people would sing lyrics incorrectly, mm-hmm. like famously incorrect singing lyrics like what 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 do we got um excuse me while i kiss this guy mm-hmm. like Jimi hendrix uh the gordon Wait. lightfoot the ghost of cape horn <laughs> what is it supposed to be the ghost of cape horn what do, what is what do you want well, to well, one, the ghost of cape horn oh. it sounds like cape horn oh. <laughs> bad moon rising there's a bathroom on the right oh yeah, there right. you go yeah these are the things that people hear i'm sure there's a there's something like sugar magnolia um, glaze my chicken when I squeal. <laughs> Which is, I think, is those, my ticket when I speed. Oh, those weren't the real lyrics. No. Um, there's a cognitive psychologist that we've had on the show that probably talks about this in her class. <laughs> about how we remember these things? Yeah, about how we how we get yeah. them wrong. Wait, so mm-hmm. isn't Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky the actual lyric, or is that the wrong lyric? Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky mm-hmm. is the correct one, not right. Excuse Me While I Kiss this Guy. Oh, okay. You're, you're so locked into correctness, you couldn't even hear the incorrect one. It's true. Anyway, so you got to put Seal on this list. Yeah, well, I, I well, I mean, it, it's not it's not even a funny difference because neither of them actually make any sense. Yeah, we shouldn't even be talking about this. There's no yeah. there's no humor value here. It's giving me a lot of playlist material, though. Somebody said they were listening to the podcast and they thought Michelle was like 50. Wait, who said, who said that? more often than you think. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. A, <laughs> you do have like a, a calm voice that is not typical of a um, college student. Yeah. I've been told I have a face for podcasting. Do Simon and Ben know that we're taking their place?